Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. You're listening to our community, our mission, on February 16th, 2022. Hello, Marion Crable. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's not like it's February out there. The weather well, is so nice, but I guess something's just coming. Just wait. Uh-huh. Just yeah, wait. Really. By tomorrow, we'll be singing a different song. And we will. We'll, we'll sing Christmas songs. <laughs> it wasn't snowing on Christmas, but it'll exactly. be snowing. Then. Yeah. So, Miriam, um, just before we get into today's program, uh, we have a, a very important and special uh, podcast next week that's going to be talking about some things that are going to be happening at Topeka Rescue Mission that are new and different and good and all that kind of stuff. I know. How can and, we really tease this? And, 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 and you're going to be the person that's going to do the interviews. I will. Yeah. I will. Okay. So, yeah. so you all, and, if you, and hopefully all those people that are here are yeah. going to be ready for it. Yeah. Right. And unless you all are listening to this in 2052, <laughs> um, you know, uh, then don't worry about if you are, it's kind of going to be history, but it's, it's going to be uh, that's a, really anticlimactic, huh? But it is 2022. So is. this is February 16th. So next week, uh, yes. I think on Tuesday, um, we'll yes. be having a special podcast, but we have a special guest today yeah. that are with us that, um, I want to talk about, uh, not only what they do, but who they are and, 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 and what brought them here. And so we have our director and our assistant director from our distribution services at Topeka Rescue Mission, Kay Arnold, who's the director and Mike Shottle, who's the assistant director. Good morning. Good Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Kay, you, you've been with the mission about 25 years. Yes, I have. 25 years. It's and you started when you were 10, uh, uh, right? Y- yeah. About, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, about uh, that, yeah. Or maybe it was 15. <laughs> uh, but Kay, um, you know, 25 years is a long time. And um, you've done a number of things here. But what, what brought you to the mission 25 years ago? Well, it's, it's an amazing story, but it just comes down to God. Because when I shared with you how I saw an ad in the paper, you were like, no, we didn't advertise in the paper. (laughs) Uh uh But I had been praying and asking God what I was to be doing, and he led me to the mission. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, I remember going to the phone, making that first phone call, and I came down for my first tour. I still remember that. And And you were a volunteer to start with. I started out as a volunteer. What were you doing as a volunteer? Well, I was actually, I started at Christmas. Mm, that's always <laughs> oh, a good time okay. to start. Uh-huh. And you stayed. You know what? <laughs> okay, that's a dangerous some... time of year around <laughs> here. Yeah, I uh, should have known that. Something wrong with you if you stayed there. <laughs> and I actually only had just a couple of times that I was able to volunteer that year because then the kids got, I had four small children at that point, mm-hmm. and they got out of school. And so I had to say, well, I'll come back after Christmas if you need me. And I did not get a call until February. Mm. And when I did get a call, I knew, yes, I was to come on down and start volunteering. I knew this was where I was supposed to be. I started volunteering almost full time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. <laughs> well, you know why you didn't get a call until February? It's because after Christmas, we're still recuperating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and January, I've learned, I've January is now. like, a, we're trying to catch our breath, you know, and, and we're getting out of the hospital and all that kind of stuff from everything that goes on, which you well know because you coordinated Christmas for a number of years. I did. Yeah. So what have you done in this last 25 years? Obviously, you're director of the Topeka Rescue Mission Distribution, Ser- Distribution Services. I'll say that again, <laughs> maybe. Um, but what, uh, what was next after volunteering? Um, I became the director of... Um, case management. Mm -hmm. And then within a few months, I was asked to become the director of women and family services. Mm -hmm. And that was before the Hope Center. Right. That's when we had all of our women and families on the north side of the Mm -hmm. building, which is now our quarantine isolation area for uh, (laughs) this thing called COVID, which I think is a bad word. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And then I was um, 
the director of outreach. I, uh, no, before that, I was mm-hmm. director of volunteer services. Yeah. The first real director of volunteer uh-huh. services. And then uh, director of outreach. And then from there, I went to, that's when we got the distribution center. And, and what about Hope Center? Oh, gosh. How gosh, on earth did I that? forget that? <laughs> I jumped from, because that was uh, Women and Family Services. So, uh-huh. yeah. So we built the, or the Hope Center was already, no, we did the breaking no, of the ground. That's right. You were there for groundbreaking? I, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Remember so, in the snow when we were breaking ground yeah. and, and uh, uh, someone from an ABC affiliate was uh, filming us, who later became a staff member here himself, <laughs> yes. um, was filming. So we were there. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. nice. It was colder than today. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So after Hope Center, then it was volunteer services and then outreach and yeah. then. So you actually uh, were director of the Hope Center, which was brand new. Um, yes. And we were getting our feet on the ground of how you go from one building and a whole operation to a two-story building. And mm-hmm. and then you spearheaded also the um, Adopter Room program. Yes. Yeah. That was really fun. What was that? That was where we had so many rooms and we needed to uh, provide all the furniture for, for those rooms. So um, we adopted them out and people adopted to the rooms. They paid for the furniture that went into the rooms and they actually came in and helped make beds and get it all ready for the first guests. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a, uh, a day when we got all that furniture because um, we had a short amount of time to get it off the trucks or we had to pay for storage mm. and freight. So we were running into these big semis, two of them, pulling stuff out, putting them on a high loader, lifting them up through the windows yes. at the Hope Center because we didn't have time to take them upstairs. So, uh, <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> and they were heavy. <laughs> oh, they were steel. I mean, they're still, they're still there today. They're yeah. still good after 20-some years. So that is K-Ireland's life in 2.5 minutes at the Pico Rescue <laughs> Mission. And then that leads you up to the distribution center. And I think it was about 2003 – we saw um, a need for more space. Um, uh, there's a fly-off today where we were storing things in and um, for the mission, and that was going to go away. And so we were looking around, and I remember that day we walked to, into this building mm-hmm. at 401 North, Northwest Norris and uh, came out of there and just had vision that this could be more than storage. It could be a ministry to the community, not just a storage place for us to take stuff or our operations with NTRM, but actually bless other people in the community. And that's where the whole idea of distribution services came up. And and um, and so um, we took a big leap and went across the railroad tracks from mm-hmm. where we were, like it was like in another country going north. <laughs> and uh, and we started an operation over there, and you and you took it over, and you've still been there yes. all these years, two thousand and three, yeah. and now we're in twenty twenty two. And uh, lots and lots of changes. Over the years, started with four people in that building um, and doing much less, and it has grown to a pretty big ministry park now. So I want to talk about um, the distribution services in a second. Mike Schottel, um, you've been with the Topeka Rescue Mission not 25 years, but how long? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yep. And how did you get connected with TRM? (laughs) Um, I was doing youth ministry in uh, southwest Iowa, and through the whole entire process of getting engaged and, you know, transitioning and feeling like God was calling me to Topeka, uh, a good mutual friend, Jerry Boaz, was Mm -hmm. also moving to Topeka, and he was getting involved with the Topeka Rescue Mission and, you know, good friends with Barry Feeker. So I was like, well, I'm going to look into the mission and just kind of reading stuff up on it. And I'm like, man, I really want to get involved with them. But, you know, time wasn't, it wasn't time yet. Mm So I uh, got married to my wife, and I was unemployed for eight months. Hmm. 
And so what happens to get married sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> Everything falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> so when your wife was working, right? Or we would have been at the mission in a different way. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting a job at St. Francis hospital and I was still proactively kind of looking for other jobs that were more Christ that were not more just straight up Christ oriented, Christ centered. And so that I could, you know, bring glory and honor to his name and, in the back of my mind, it was the Topeka Rescue Mission. Um, I didn't want to go back into churches. You know, it's just the working in an office, doing church uh, ministry did not. It wasn't for you. It was not for me, mm-hmm. no. Um, so I met Mike Schinkel through doing valet, valet with a V, not a B, um, <laughs> oh. valet at St. Francis. And uh <laughs> So I met him and I was actually at Grace Point and you had come in and you were talking on a Sunday morning about uh, the High Crest uh, ministry. And um, I said to my wife, I'm like, I don't care if I'm cleaning toilets or wiping kids' noses. I need to work for the Topeka Rescue Mission. You still mean that today because we could use some help. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Um, So I was just proactively looking, and then uh, July of 2018, um, we were expecting our first and only child, and um, I saw that they were needing a driver. So mm-hmm. I just said to Amanda, I'm like, I'm going to apply for it. And she's like, you need like a CDL to do that. Those are big trucks. So I saw Mike <laughs> the next day at, at the hospital, and I said, hey, do I need a CDL to drive those trucks? And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, No. <laughs> I don't have a CDL. I drive it all the time. I was like, okay. So I applied. He said, put my name down as a reference and mm-hmm. we'll go from there. And I mean, just from there, it's, it's been buckle up and hold on. Kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, been a blessing. It's three and a half years now. Three and a half years. So Mary, coming back to you, you started uh, your experience with Topeka Rescue Mission, the distribution center or with distribution services. With Christmas. Christmas of I, all things. See, I, and you I hear this too. Christmas stuff. Yeah. I think there's something about Christmas that something, something gets implanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, something. And and you, so you didn't run away. No, um, after I didn't that. run and away. So, um, Miriam, today you're director of supporty services, which yes. is part of that's with the distribution services and many exactly. other things, back back office stuff and right. maintenance and all the fun stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah right. all the really fun stuff. <laughs> all the really fun stuff. <laughs> and so uh, all three of you have seen, um, well, Kay, especially you, you've seen many different things here at Topeka Rescue Mission. But what is the heart, would you say, of distribution services? What, 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 uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to assume that we're talking about, as Mike, you said, uh, full-blown Jesus. Yes. But what, you know, supplies, donations, people give donations to us, uh, food, uh, different things, uh, couches, clothing, um, hand warmers for street reach and all those kind of things. But what, how would you describe the heartbeat of distribution services? The heartbeat is the relationships that we are able to mm-hmm. build. Um, God uses those items that you were naming mm. in order to allow us to start building those relationships. Those can be not only um, for us giving those out, but it starts with those donors that are donating those items. Um, we've had the, or we have the um, opportunity almost every day to start relationships with new people that we've not met before um, 
an example is a is a an older gentleman gentleman that came here with his son to donate his wife's personal items, and she had passed away several years ago. But he had just now been able to start that process. He came back just a couple weeks ago, and when he got out of the vehicle, I had met him the first time, and he looked at me. He goes, "I made him all by myself." Mm-hmm. And to him, it was not just getting those donations, but letting them go, giving them to us, um, and knowing that we are going to then take them and be good stewards of giving them to uh, and using those in a good manner that mm-hmm. is going to honor his loved one. So it's so much more than just stuff. the items. Giving yes. stuff away. No, I think yes. that's a really good point because... Over the years that I've been here, um, we see a lot of things come to us, you mm-hmm. know, whether yeah. it's a, a blanket or a quilt that was made or some type, even a, um, a um, heirloom that was in somebody's uh, home that we can use here. It means something to the people who yes. give it. Um, and it's not just stuff. And, and it really is, as you say, it's important for the person who's giving it to really feel like that they're appreciated. And that it's not just stuff, and we're just going to take their stuff. There's a lot of stuff that comes through the distribution center, though, right, Mike? Yes. I mean, yes. you, uh, what's that like when you see that volume of, of, of donations coming in? Sometimes it's it's overwhelming. <laughs> like uh, <clears throat> we had a we actually had a, a circumstance back in November where there's this car that came through and we, it was during food distribution. So when it's food distribution, it is all hands on deck. We have people from all different avenues of life, different incomes that are coming and needing food and needing support. And so they're backed up. And then when we have cars that come through that are loaded, I mean, it's like we had to kind of switch gears from, okay, we're doing the food, but we also got to do, we got to help and invest Mm -hmm. with these people too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it can be overwhelming, but, that with loving people, I mean, I'm going to steal the line from Les Miserables. I mean, to love another person is to see the face of God. Mm. Um, mm. And that's what some people just, they don't get the appreciation and the love and the validation that they need to actually realize that they matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. one of the things I've heard over the years, um, Kay, is that, People who have been in um, warehousing and facilities and so forth look at the distribution center as a very well-organized system. It is, isn't it? Yes, it's very or- – it needs to be. <laughs> we need to know what we've got in order to know what we need to put out and ask for. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're, what are we low on? But we can't know unless it's organized. You've got about 18,000 square foot there, um, and almost all of it is um, got shelving <laughs> that goes up. <laughs> Um, and then a warehouse on top of that. Um, so, um, organization is extremely important and we've talked about the value to the people who donate to us, the person who comes for help. Mm-hmm. And the, the main thing that I think we all see today that uh, people that come to the distribution, we have people come to the, the shelters, we have our street outreaches that go out, we supply food through the distribution center to their organizations, but we have people actually come to get food baskets, food uh-huh. sacks, to the distribution center. What's that like? Who are they? Like Mike said, they're, they're all kinds of people, um, but they are people that are in need. 
Um, sometimes it's actually, I believe, more not so much in need of that food, but being able to see a person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have a person talk with them. And what Mike and I have both experienced is being able to know that name and call them by name. And uh, So a person walks up or drives up now. Right? The pandemic has changed uh, some of the ways that we do things um, for, for safety purposes. Oh. But um, uh, they want to see you, so they'll walk up or drive up, and that's one of the main motivators is they want to see have, and have somebody talk to them? For some of the people, I believe that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go out, we greet them, we talk with them, we find out um, what they're in need of. And not only food, but they may tell us they need a blanket or they need a pillow, mm-hmm. just basic things. They need a pair of socks. Um, so it can, so, it can look kind of like an assembly line. Yeah. Um, we've seen um, these different food drops. Um, we were involved with Operation Food Secure, to say the least, <laughs> with 4 million pounds of food over a number of months. And um, everything has to have a system so that it's not pandemonium. Everybody just showing up in one spot at the same time mm-hmm. with hundreds and hundreds of people. But how do you, how do you, so, so if somebody just drove by and they look at all these cars lined up down the street, sometimes around the corner <laughs> to drive up to their turn to get their food from the distribution center. And keep in mind that Family of God Church that's over here in North Topeka may have the harvesters drop at the same time we're doing our thing. So right. it's not, I mean, they got cars lined down the block. We got cars lined down the block and people can't be in two places at one time. Mm-hmm. And so there's that much need. So as people are driving up, it could seem like, okay, we've got to hurry up and get them through. Got to hurry up and get them through. How do you balance hurry up and get them through because you really do have to get them through and the personal touch? We have a very organized system um, that has just come about. Um, so it's, it's greeting the person. So there's an initial person that will greet them and find out what their needs are. They bring that in, um, share that, you know, we have to look it up on the computer and do our tracking that we need to do, but also about sharing those needs. And it's, it's kind of fun to see people scatter in different directions. Oh, I'll get the blanket. I'll get the pillow. I'll get the socks. So you go out and meet the people, find out what their needs are, yeah. and then go back in and try to get the stuff and then bring it out to them. And right. so it's not just, um, here's your basket. Bye. No. Right. So you try to try to find those special needs. Mike, have you seen people who are desperate that, that, that are, in a, in a place in life to where you know that if you weren't there for them, it might not go so well? Um, hmm. Yes. Uh, not necessarily. <clears throat> the first thought that comes to mind, it was a food distribution day, but they weren't there for food. Um, they pulled up and it was, it was a truckload of clothing um, and we were busy. And I had some of the guys come in and they're like, hey, they need to talk to somebody. So I went out and uh, it was a husband and wife and she looked tired. He looked very ill. And I said, you know what, today's a food distribution, but we will definitely take these clothing items from you. Um, So if you just back in and into our fenced in area. So I was helping unload them and we had a volunteer too, who we've talked about before, Sydney Glenn. Um, we were unloading the car and he was about to reach for a box and she corrected him. His, his wife corrected him and said, do not touch a box. You know, you don't have the strength. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me just with tears in his eyes and he said, I'm dying. 
And I went, oh, okay, well, we'll take care of it. You know, you just take it easy. And I went around to his wife and I said, what is it? And she said, it's, it's stage four pancreatic cancer. He doesn't have long. And my heart just broke because we have Steve who's dealing with the pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. We have my cousin who has been miraculously healed from stage four pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And I have him in front of me who looks like he's on his last leg and just got to talk to him and, uh, you know, said to him, you know, are you a believer? And his eyes just lit up and he said, yes, I am a believer. I'm, I'm at peace. And Cindy and I both prayed for him and through the, through the process, this was back in November. Um, I was just kind of looking to see how he's doing. And I saw that he passed on January 4th Mm -hmm. and I was trying to reach out to his wife and I didn't have her number. I couldn't find her number, but last week she showed up with the rest of his stuff. And I was at the Baylor and the guys came out and they said, Hey, somebody's here and wants to talk to you. So I went out and immediately I knew who it was and she just gave me a huge hug. And she said, what you guys did praying for him gave him just a little bit more hope. And the last thing he wanted was everything that he, all of his belongings He wants it to go to the mission because he knew the mission would take care of it. So through this, first and foremost, thank you so much for praying for him. Because that was one of the best days that he had. Mm. Wow. But you guys continue to bless people Mm. and just as much as he blessed us. So, Okay, as you said, it's not about stuff. It's about the people. It's about the relationships. Miriam, you came from... um, uh, a variety of different uh, social service background experiences here, and 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 you you begin to see some value um, in, in a way maybe you didn't expect um, sure. about Topeka Rescue Mission with this, this what Mike's talking about. Sure, it, it, I don't know that there is really a way to truly do justice in describing what you get to experience here through the relationships with other people, and how willing people are to be so vulnerable. And so authentic. Mm-hmm. And um, just see the humanity um, that we potentially pass every day without recognizing. Mm-hmm. And how it just comes very close to you. And you have an opportunity then to interact. And it, it's very difficult to even imagine not being moved mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. people that we meet every day. And the people that we get to serve every day. Um, and... While the the story that Mike just shared about how um, he and Cindy touched that family, my guess is what we're really hearing Mike say is how much that family touched him mm-hmm. because you get to see how God is working. Yeah. And that's just something that doesn't happen every other place. You know, um, um, we can look at it again as, as a, there's a mass distribution here, and we've seen a big increase because of the pandemic. Is that accurate? Uh, food baskets on a on a food basket day, how many were? Well, just Tuesday, yesterday, we we gave out 120. 120, and it was way less than that pre-pandemic, and actually, it got up to even more than that in the height of the pandemic. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. we've we've had big days, bigger days where we. Like hundred and sixty. It was like hundred and sixty-four. Is that the um, record? Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, it 
it actually it it's, goes very smooth, even with those numbers. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that we're able to do, and and you know, Mike shared that is is pray with these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't pray with every single person that I go out and talk with, mm-hmm. but am able to reach out and be sensitive and, to who needs yeah, prayer. Yeah. Exactly, and what a blessing. And you know, Barry, I, I think that <clears throat> the numbers. I think that the team is really kind of acclimated to higher numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Because it used to be mm-hmm. that numbers would go up and then come back down. Yeah, and like now, maybe 30 to 90 <clears throat> and then... Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of this consistent right. high. It's like there's these folks that have just never been able to kind of recover or mm-hmm. uh, whatever whatever that might mean. You know, yeah. whether they can't get back to work because they don't have childcare or whatever. whatever it's the easy for us to forget um, what it was like pre-pandemic and then what it was like at the heat of the pandemic mm-hmm. when, when farms were... On the verge of closing down, um, our businesses had closed down. People are unemployed. Unemployment um, insurance hadn't kicked in for some people, and some of them never got it. Um, and so our, our lines were just building up and up and up all over town. And we had Operation Food Secure going on, which was 110,000 different people receive food in 10 different counties across uh, northeast Kansas here. And at the same time, the distribution center uh, services were, were doing what they're doing with all-time records. And you, you you look at that and you go, how in the world did we get all that done? <laughs> um, it was a God thing, wasn't it? Yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. The supplies kept coming in and the people kept coming by. You know, we... we it's not a perfect system because we're in a broken world. And I remember um, a number of years ago, um, we were at Christmas time, and we were converting most of our energies to the warehouse to get ready for the big Christmas shopping. And I was officing in the distribution center, and nobody was there. And I was leaving, and a woman came up to the front door there, and she said, can I get food? And I said to her, I said, um, well, it's closed down here right now, but um, there's um, going to be Christmas. If you'd like to get signed up for Christmas, we might be able to do that. And you get a food. But she says, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. It's cold out. And I looked at her and I said, um, you know, I was in a hurry. And I said, I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, best thing we can do is offer you, I think at that point it was in the morning. I said, we, we got lunch. You can come to the mission for lunch. And she looked at me. Like I had just stabbed her. She looked at me with these wide eyes. She was hungry right now. And she turned and walked away. And I was grabbing my whatever to go to the next thing I was going to. And I go, man, that was so wrong. That was so wrong. We got food in this place. And I went out on the streets looking for her. And I went down to the warehouse and I said, here's what she looks like, please. You know, And I don't know if she ever ever got to us, but I was so convicted on that. Um, and um, about two days later, we're in the same season. We've got things converted to the warehouse for a Christmas distribution. And a couple uh, a couple of elderly ladies uh, came up and they said, we're hungry. And I go, just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to make the and same I mistake back twice. And huh? I made them a food basket right then and there. And, and, and that's we learn the hard way sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Mary, you've had some of those experiences. Oh my goodness, yes. You know, just uh, I think we all have, and we say, "Okay, God, don't let us turn anybody away ever who's in need." Yeah, we got to have a system. You can't be open twenty four seven. We're not a Denny's, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you want to be sensitive to what the Spirit is doing and what the needs are. And we learn sometimes through the hard ways. So it hasn't always been just rosy at the distribution. So I remember when in 2003, when we got that building, we need to do a lot of cleaning up in there, didn't we, Kay? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> remember the first February 
We bought it in, in, in the end of December. Remember what the utility bill was in that thing, February of 2003? No. No, I do. <laughs> $20,000 for heating the building oh, and electricity. Mackerel. And I went to Kay and I go, Kay, we can't afford to do this. And you. That's remember? why I learned to layer. That's right. That's right. So well, I was so impressed because you guys, I came back there a couple of days later and the, it's colder and snot in that place. It was one of those cold winters and you guys are still doing the work, but you were layered. I mean, you were wearing everything you could to keep going in there. So we get those bills down, Yes, which I greatly admired. And we've made a few improvements to the HVAC system since then. So uh, it's not, uh, not as much of a drain, but we were heating almost all of North Topeka in that building. <laughs> The building was cold, but North Topeka was fine. <laughs> Mike, uh, you, um, you've, you've talked about uh, how you got here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the biggest um, opportunity that we have in distribution services is in regards to helping people um, to move from where they are? to where maybe they could be going forward. In other words, homelessness, hunger, desperation, discouragement. Yeah, we feed them for a day. Maybe they'll come back the next time. And you may have a chance to pray for them. Mm -hmm. Are we making a difference? Yeah. Okay, how so? I mean, it's it's like the ripple effect. Um, Kay Kay and I were talking, I think it was yesterday, Mm -hmm. I mean, just the amount of people in your 25 years that you've been here just coming in and out, it's just, it's the seed that you're planting. If you just feed somebody or just offer somebody that's thirsty a bottle of water or they just want something sugary, giving them like a Coca-Cola, that is like the ripple effect of making your life better. I mean. Okay, it kind of goes back to uh, Matthew. (laughs) When I was hungry, you gave me something. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick and in prison, um, you came to visit me. When I was homeless, you let me in. Um, when we did it under the least of these, you did it unto Jesus. And when we didn't. Well, you know, and I think, Barry, the thing about it is, is that the, the team over there doesn't do it because of what they get to see in terms of the difference that they make. Mm-hmm. But it's having the faith that they are making a difference mm-hmm. that they may never see they may never recognize exactly what they've done for that person because you may not see them again, That's right. you know, but knowing that they've made a difference and having faith that God will take it from there. Right. God got, brought those God's, people God's to the us. Bigger picture, God don't. brought us all mm-hmm. the stuff. We're just here to give the stuff away because it's not our stuff, you know? And, and so I think, do we make a, do we make a difference? It's inevitable that we do because it's not us doing it. It's the Lord. Okay, exactly. Okay, the arguments um, from um, opinions. There's lots of opinions in the United States of America, some in Topeka, Kansas as well. But all you're doing is just enabling people. You know, they need a good job. They need to they need to pull up their bootstraps and move forward. You've been doing this since 2003 there. You've been here to Topeka Rescue Mission 25 years. Do you believe that, that people – Uh, does that ever conflict with you, what people say about that? Yes, because I have seen lives transformed. I have, um, I've worked with guests that had gone, were at their very lowest in life, been able to give them hope and love 
them until they were able to love themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, feels, it feels very good to have the tiniest, tiniest part in helping make that happen. But it's not about what I personally am doing. We've got a huge team across TRM here mm-hmm. and the community that can do that same thing. Mm-hmm. It just takes reaching out and helping that person, giving them a hand up, yeah. loving on that person until they can love themselves. I've heard um, another um, way to describe love. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not just this time, but it's time and again. Yeah. That's love. And that's what you guys do. And you mentioned a bigger community. It's it's everybody who's listening here who has exactly. ever been a part of helping other people. Maybe you're not on the front lines to where you are distributing um, a food basket or a blanket or whatever. But if you are ones who have said, I've got this, I don't need this, or I want to go down to the store and buy it and I want to take it down there. What you're doing is you're exercising faith that uh, God's got a bigger picture here and that you are part of a great system. And, you know, we, we, we can only anticipate what it's going to look like in heaven. Um, but, um, you know, one anticipation is that you may be there someday because of the love of God through Jesus Christ. And you're walking down heaven. It's a, a thousand years you've been up there, and all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and taps you on the shoulder and said, thank you. And you turn around and go, for what? Thank you for that blanket. Thank you for that bottle of water. Thank you that day that I was having a hypoglycemic episode and you gave me something to eat to stabilize me. And you're going to say, well, what did that have to do with you being here? And they will say, it was that moment that changed my life. That literally started the trajectory in a different way because I've heard this so many times over and over again. If you wouldn't have been there at that moment, I was going to kill myself. I was going to stop. I was going to take drugs. I was going to, but if you, because you were there at that moment, it helped me to realize I'm not alone. T-I-M-E spells L-O-V-E. And that's what we get a chance to be a part of. And, and, and it, it, we're not the author and finisher of all this. God is. But he's called us to be a part of his story, his story, to be able to love people. And what does he say is the most important thing about anything? To love him, number one, of course because he loves us, and to love our neighbors ourselves, And we can talk about that. We can, we can read about that. We can get all excited about that. We can watch a Hallmark movie and get all warm and fuzzy about that. <laughs> but some of us go right into the weeds where it's difficult and it's brokenness and there's sadness and there's desperation and depression and discouragement and mental illness and physical Ill, uh, disability and, and, and the list goes on and on and say, God, you got the bigger picture here, but thank you and for inviting me into the reality so that I can be an instrument of healing to somebody who's broken. That's what you guys do. How cool is Praise that? Praise the Lord. Oh. How cool is that? <laughs> Nothing better. Nothing better. Nothing better than better. sitting in an office, huh, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And to know that you're not alone either. Yes. You know, it's it's you got a ministry here, you got a community here, you got people praying for you. We have people that send in donations and say, I'm praying for you guys. Yeah. Praying for oh you guys. Goodness, yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. that is yeah. the coolest. Isn't that cool? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It, it is it's not a nothing. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. It may be that one prayer that God goes, Okay, I'm a little grandma over here, you know, I'm gonna bless to be a rescue mission today, or I'm gonna send them who they what they need and yeah. who they need because it's part of a bigger system here. 
and uh, you guys get to be on that. What, uh, Kay, Mike, Miriam, is there anything before we close today that you would like for the community to hear about the importance of what we do here at Topeka Rescue Mission, maybe even more specifically about distribution services? Just that we need, we need everyone. Um, I had a vision while you were talking of a older lady getting out of the car and handing us one small bag. Mm-hmm. And then we have, like Mike said, the truckloads come in. But every single thing that we get helps to make the ministry happen. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mike? This is your opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking to the whole world, maybe even on the space station right now. Uh Oh. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without the donors. Mm -hmm. Um, Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's... And the volunteers. We hear it a lot. I mean, like the sweet old lady that um, has that bag, you know, she'll even... It's not a lot. It is. It is a lot. A little bit goes a long way, and yeah, we wouldn't be able to do it. And the volunteers, like you said, Derek, yeah. And the people who write write checks so we can keep the utility bills, even though you're layered. Yeah, Uh, whether you're bringing in stuff or or giving us finances Mm -hmm. or donating your time, it all comes together and it all is needed. All is needed. I wish we could just share with everyone the experiences that, We've heard Kay and Mike talk about today personally with people, right? Mm -hmm. I wish they could experience it. And so I would just encourage people to come and get involved, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's through a donation, but but definitely with volunteering, you know, to be able to meet people and talk with the folks that um, our teams get to talk with every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, It just changes you. Yeah, absolutely. It changed it's a changer. It's, it's a game changer. It really is. It is transformational to be able to be with folks that um, are struggling so hard and yet are still so appreciative of just the smallest things. Amen. And so I just I would just encourage people to come and be a part of it. Absolutely. And thank you for all of you who are being a part of it. I feel compelled to close with this story today that ties in with distribution. And this was before we had a distribution center, and it was before you were here, Kay. It's in the book called In Darkness, The Light Still Shines. It's called Shredded Lettuce. And one day there was a, a guy that um, had come into the rescue mission, and um, he was a professional chef. And uh, I needed a cook really bad. This is back in the old rescue mission, old building days, and we didn't have any money in the bank to go buy any food. So everything that we got had to be donated. And he came up to me one day um, and he said, uh, I'll, I'll be your cook, um, but I want you to promise me one thing. I said, what's that? Don't tell me about God. And I said, why? He said, he doesn't exist. I'm tired of hearing about God. I don't want to hear about God. And if he did exist, he's a mean blankety blank, 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 of what he's done to me. And I said to his name is Don, and I said, Don, um, you know, uh, that's fine. Um, I won't uh, tell you about God. Oh, this Christian ministry, we got a little cross on lights up at night called Jesus Saves on it, but I won't talk to you about that. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's okay. Um, but he may talk to you directly, so I won't say a word. He may talk to you directly. A few days later, um, Don came up to me, and there were some other people in our old dining room that morning. He says, hey, Barry, I got enough to make Sancho's for dinner tonight, except I don't have lettuce. 
could we just possibly spring for a couple of bucks for some shredded lettuce? We're only feeding about 20 people compared to how many people we feed a day. And I said, sure. And I reached in my billfold and I said, Don, here's a couple of bucks. Go buy some shredded lettuce. He turned to walk away. And at the very moment that he was walking away, a lady walks through the front door and she's got a big Ziploc bag of shredded lettuce. I mean, right then and there. <laughs> and I'm looking at that. And I'm going, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And, um, She's kind of looking around like, uh, what do I do with this? I said, ma'am, come here. And she came up and there was um, uh, a couple of our, or three, there's a couple of pastors, another guy at this table. And they just heard what Don said. And they're looking, I said, look guys. And they're looking at that and they go, my gosh, how's that work? These are pastors. I mean, they all know this stuff, right? <laughs> and so she's like, what are you guys talking about? I said, ma'am, we just uh, had a need for shredded lettuce. And she said, uh, here it is, and you just brought in. She began real embarrassed. Well, I, 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 you know, this is nothing. It's insignificant. We had a dinner at our church last night where you ate everything and getting ready to clean up and throw this away. And all of a sudden, I felt compelled, and it was all night. I need to give the lettuce to the mission in the morning. She said, I'm sorry, I'll throw it away for you. I go, no, 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 don't throw it away. This is like kind of one of those big deals. And so Don was walking away still, and I called him. I said, hey, Don, come back here. And he came back, and I said, look, he looked at that big bag of shredded lettuce. It wasn't a head of lettuce. It was already shredded. He already cut up. And he's confused. And I said, um, Don, God heard you. And uh, so I explained to her what had just happened, and she starts crying, just crying. I looked over, and here's these two pastors and this other guy crying. Of course, I had to join them. And, <laughs> and Don is stolen, cold, looking like he's got no emotions on this. He reached out, took the lettuce from the lady's hand. He said, thank you, ma'am. Turned and walked away. That was it. No life transformation. No hallelujah, Jesus. Nothing. Just, thank you, ma'am. And we're all going, man, he is so hard-hearted. There's no hope for him. Nothing will ever change a guy like him. How sad. A couple days later, on my door. <laughs> and here's Don. He said, all right, got to talk. He said, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, my name is not Houdini. I, that was God. And he said, I want to know more about your God. And uh, that day, he uh, said, I, I want to be his. And he gave his life to Christ. Mm. Mm. Um, that's in a book called In Darkness, the Light Still Shines. It's called Shredded Lettuce. And the story goes on. Don came to me after he got involved in studying the Word of God. And he just started really you know, moving through life in a whole new way. He was our cook. He was doing fantastic meals. It was really good. And he came to me and says, Barry, I, I, I'm going to have to leave you. And I said, why? He said, because I have to turn myself in. I said, turn yourself in where? He said, jail. And I said, what did you do? He said, I killed a guy. He said, many years ago, I was in a bar fight, and um, I pushed the guy, and he hit his head, and he died. And he said, I've been on the run ever since. And he said, I've learned that uh, that's the reason I've been so discouraged and so mad at God, and I've lost everything. And he said, i got to get right with God, and i got to get right with the society, and i got to get right with the family. And so I, I thought, shoot, we're losing a good cook. <laughs> and uh, Don went away, and he went to prison. And uh, fast-forwarding the story, um, we're in our main building. I was in my office back there, back in the center of the building one day, and I heard this voice that sounded very familiar. And here comes Don walking down the hallway. Don King was his name. Had a big old cowboy hat on, cowboy boots, and this big old buckle. I said, Don King, what are you doing out of prison? And he said, great story. He said, God had touched my life so much that um, I became the chaplain's assistant, and I got out for good behavior, and he said, I'm on my way to work as a chaplain in a rescue mission. 
in Nebraska. He said, I just want to come by and say thank you. One moment, one time, one obedient person, that lady with that lettuce, I have no idea what her name is. I hope, as I've shared this over the years, that she knows she made a difference. Kay, Mike, Miriam, you guys are making a difference. You get to be on the front lines of this, and the team that's around you gets to make a difference in lives that we can only imagine what God's going to do. Thank you for being here today, and thank you for what you're doing. If you would like more information about Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to the website at trmonline.org, trmonline.org. Miriam, why do I always mess that up? It's only three letters, trmonline.org. And you can see more about the distribution services of Topeka Rescue Mission. You can also volunteer and you can give to help support the Topeka Rescue Mission. Thank you for listening to Our Community, Our Mission.